You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you back to the Fair Game podcast. Today's episode is a milestone episode for the show. We started season two back in November with episode 201. Coffee Anderson was the first guest of the season, and today we celebrate episode number 300. It's perhaps fitting that we do so by welcoming another great Texan to the show. She is the Vice President of Marketing and Sponsorship Development for the Hardo Texas Fair in Waco, Texas. Folks, this is Miss Sharva Ingram. Sharva, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I feel like I got big shoes to fill. If Cafe was your number one, and I'm your number 100, but or 300. Yeah, well, we were talking about that before the show. Whatever. The, the way Apple does their, their numbers, I thought it'd be really clever to be like, well, this is season two, episode one. And so that became yeah. 201. And now it worked really great until it was like, wait, I haven't done actually 300 episodes. So now it's just going to be confusing. But whatever, you are fair game number 300. You should get it tattooed right on your arm. I'm going to take it and run with it. 300, go for it. Uh, really glad I could get you on the show today. If you would, for our nine listeners, although I think we might be up to 11 at this point, tell our push folks, it to 13. push it to 13, tell your friends and family, maybe we could hit 15 by the end of this episode. Tell them how you came to be with the heart of Texas fair. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was about eight years ago that I was just looking for a different opportunity and, we have a really strong volunteer base. And so I was working with one of our volunteers and she told me about this new marketing position that had been created for the Hard Texas Fair and Rodeo. And so I thought, what the heck, let's try. It really was my first rodeo that first year. Um, it's been a learning game ever since. So I had a lot of different marketing in my background, but no fair and rodeo or livestock, which is okay. Um, Wes Allison is a great boss and he was willing to take a chance on me. And um, I love it. So eight years and counting and there's nowhere else I'd rather be if I'm in Waco, Texas. So what did you do prior to coming to the fair? So prior to coming to the fair, um, I started off, I left school. I wanted to be the next Joan London or Katie Couric. So Ooh. I got a communications degree from Baylor and I went to work for KWTX as a field reporter. And I did that for about a year and then, you know, life changes happen and I was really tired of being broke because they pay you minimum wage with a college degree when you're starting out because you have to have a resume. You've got to have experience and they know that. So you're not going anywhere till you get that. Um, so it was a fun experience, but then I kind of launched over into doing um, advertising for General Motors, they had an event arm called GMR Works. And so I got an opportunity to work for them and do events for General Motors. And that led into getting into an ad agency and kind of learning that side of life. And I did that for um, Subaru cars, as well as going back over and working on GMC trucks. And then I got married and I moved to California. Oh, that. Oh, wow. Wow. So glad I got out of there in time. <laughs> No offense, California. And you did not, you beautiful you moved, landscape, crazy politics. Yeah, but, you moved back to Texas and you did not California your Texas. Isn't that the thing oh, that people no. are saying right now? Don't California my Texas? Yes. Also, don't Colorado my Texas. Don't any of those crazy states my Texas. You know, like there's a list. Don't New Mexico my Texas. <laughs> I, as, as a resident, I concur. So, I don't want a New Mexico my New Mexico. I mean, come on. <laughs> 
but I was out there for about eight years and I worked for a great city where I learned a ton. I was their first marketing manager. It was a city of for 300,000 in Riverside, California. And so I got an opportunity to kind of spread my wings and learn a lot more and learn about city government. And then when I'd had enough and I really just, Texas was calling me home. I finally convinced my husband and we moved back here and I worked for a company called Profiles International. They do job fit assessments. Um, for about eight or nine months, they helped pay to move me back, but then it just wasn't the best fit. I'm a people person. I need that interaction. And it was a sales job, but we were sitting in an office, like at a computer facing a wall, like leaving voicemails and sending emails all day, which I would rather just stick a needle in my eye, right? Like, I'm like, let me go out. Let me go to the trade shows. Like, let me be in front of people. Like, that's where I shine. And they were like, no, sit in there and make calls. And so, um, yeah, so I took the fair opportunity and I've never regretted it. Never looked back. It, it's clear that being part of this organization really drives you. What is it that kind of drives your passion for the fair? Uh, I think there's a lot of things. Oh, did I just? Okay, sorry. I'm clicking buttons. I need to stop doing that. I was trying to turn the volume up. Did, um, so, I mean, I, it is not the ultimate reason that I came here, but it is something that has really grown on me. I mean, I just, I love our mission. Like most fair rodeos, scholarships are the name of the game. And the more money that we can make it as an organization, the more we can put out. We have a like dream goal one day of giving back $1 million annually. In a million dollars annually. Which I know for some fair rodeos that are larger, like they're already well exceeding that. For us, it's been, it's been a, a slow roll in growth, but we're up to about 300,000 between our livestock and our academic scholarship giving. So, um, you know, the next step is that we want to get it to 500, but the dream goal is to get to where we can give a million dollars in scholarships a year. So it sounds like scholarships, it sounds like scholarships within the fair really mean a lot to you. They do. I mean, I, I mean, you think about education today and how much it costs and, um, all the different aspects there, like every dollar counts, you know, it could be the difference between getting to go to your dream school or having to stay and settle for a different thing and live at home because, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not knocking that at all, but you want these kids to be able to go chase their dream. I mean, this is the time to dream, right? Like if you're ever going to try something, take those chances, live big, like this is, you know, coming out of high school, going into college, it's your time. And so to be able to help with that, I think is really significant. And I also, I love the livestock industry while I knew nothing about it coming into this job. I am always impressed with the 4-H FFA kids. Like they're the most respectful, the most hardworking. You know, I used to kind of look down my nose at it in high school because I just didn't know any better and I was an idiot. But now I have so much respect for those kids and what they're doing with their projects and you know, how much time and dedication it takes. And so seeing all of that be able to come and, and being able to host that for those kids is really fun too. So the scholarship is important uh, for you, but it also sounds like the value of those livestock competitions is really high on your list with the fair. Yes. I think it's just a really special thing. And then from a fun aspect, man, I love the rodeo. Like I honestly, it was my first rodeo. I knew nothing. I sat next to Wes and I was like, okay, what, what is happening? Okay. Why, why are they putting that belt on their belly? Like, why are, you know, what makes them buck, you know, like what's going on now? And I fell in love with it. And it's, you know, I mean, while I love the value of all the other things we do, I think the rodeo is by far my most favorite. It seems like the rodeo is the thing that when the fair's on, that's where we're going to find you. 
Um, for those two hours, absolutely. I don't like getting pulled away. <laughs> Why would you like getting pulled away? My job is my, you know, I mean, you never know what's <laughs> going on and, you know, I still gotta have my work hat on, but as much as I can sit there and take it in, I try to sit there and take it in. Well, it sounds like, you know, scholarship rodeo, you've got a lot of really good things going on with the fair um, that really drives you. I know when we've, we've met up before at Texas convention or at IFE, it's always been fun to chat with you. Um, you know, we, we spoke with someone else from your fair, your fair's GM, Dustin Sufall back in mm -hmm. February, he was on the show and he shared a bit about your October fair and the challenges y'all faced in navigating COVID from your perspective, take us briefly through 2020 and how it impacted you. So we were, you know, like most people trucking along, you know, and I like to do what I call the fair road trip. I always like to go visit other fairs, especially that are here in Texas and just see what sponsors they have with sponsorship, obviously being part of my job. I like to see what kind of programs they're doing. Are there some things that we can mimic or, or copy or, you know, even like kind of take a piece of and, and bring to ours that's successful. And so why reinvent the wheel, you know, if it's successful. And I think there's a lot of industry sharing, which I think is a great thing. Um, I don't think we're stepping on each other's toes that way. And so, you know, I've got my little rodeo road trip lined out for Houston and then for Austin. And um, yeah, then the, the wonderful news of COVID came and everything like we watched Houston shut down before our eyes, which I thought would never, ever happen. Um, I knew the world must be ending if that was happening. <laughs> so, um, you know, then you come back and, and it's, you know, it was the whole roller coaster ride of like, okay, it's just going to be a few weeks. We're all going to like stay in our houses and then we're going to come out and it's going to be great. And so like, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for October. Like that's far enough away. Surely by the end of summer, we're going to be out and about, people are going to be ready to go. It's going to be the best year ever. Right. And so. Nope. No, we're not going to, you know, we're counting on facilities. So we need to kind of abide by city, you know, we need to pay attention to the city and county and what they're asking of us and they need to approve what we've got going on. And, and we're realizing like, as the summer's happening, we're getting closer to August and we're having to start making these calls on these things as to whether or not we're going to sign contracts and commit dollars that like, we're really probably not going to be able to go. And then it was like, okay, so then we're rethinking, like we had, I think we had like eight different plans, right? Cause it's like, okay, if we go full force, if we can just do this, if we could just do that, if we get approval for whatever. So um, we ended up with what we called our modified fair and we were lucky. And I, I think we were definitely lucky and I'm, I'm very grateful to our leadership and the fact that they allowed what they did to happen. So um, by the time October rolled around, we were allowed to have our livestock show. And it was really a good learning process for us because we stretched it out in order to make sure we were socially distancing and doing all the things and following all the, the protocols and guidelines. And it showed us that we've always tried to cram it into the same 11 days as our fair and rodeo, like to make it all fit in that 11 days. And what we realized with the livestock show is that we can space it out and it's nice to not have these species on top of each other and to be able to do one species at a time. And so I think that's something that we'll stick with. So it was actually a good learning lesson for us with the livestock show. And then we were able to have the rodeo at 50% capacity. And so our rodeo has always been part of your fair ticket. 
prior to last year, with the exception of the two Saturdays, because they're the busiest nights. So if you were on a weekday and we had the rodeo going on and you were on the fairgrounds, you could just duck in and watch a few events and then duck back out and whatever. And so we went to a full, obviously we had to be because a fully ticketed rodeo at 50% and we had to be able to space people out appropriately. So we created pods. Um, and so again, great that we could have it, you know, but it was different, you know, there's, we were never going to have a full crowd at 50%, but we were very grateful for the crowd that we had. Um, we had to close down our back porch club because there was no way to socially distance people. They like to hang out on this porch area that we have and I don't blame them. It's the most fun place to be and you have access to a full bar and it's a, it's a membership situation. So we allowed people to eat there, but then they had to move on to their seats and um, and then we had food trucks, right? Because we couldn't bring the carnival, which was really the biggest disappointment, I think, to a lot of people. And my girls in particular, like that's really all they do when they come see me at work is they hit the carnival. It's sure. it's to so be. They come to mom and they say, uh, ride bands, thanks, bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they never even came out last year because they were like, no rides. They were like mad, which was mm. oh beyond our control. We were following guidelines, even at like, we tried to get it approved for like just 20 rides when we normally have like 55, but it just was a no go because it was too hard to keep the flow and sanitize and actually make it make money. And what we really realized too, is there were still a lot of people, I think, um, that didn't think like us or like me and weren't ready to go and be out in public quite as much as I would have assumed or had hoped. So but I do feel like the tide has turned on that. And it seems like um, people have have sat in long enough and they are, I think more and more, there are more people ready to, to roll and go. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, having just come um, from a couple of fairs in Florida, those people are ready. They are done mm -hmm. with this um, lock us in. I, I think there's a lot of people that are willing to wear masks if that's what's required. Florida's not requiring masks. They, you know, the signage at the fairs I was at was, um, pretty adamant about, you know, heavily recommending it. And, um, I know Tasha down at Clay County in their arena where they did their concerts, there were signs that said, you know, potential high risk area mass highly recommended in inside the arena. But at some point it feels like you just got to let people make their decisions. You inform them with the best information you've got, and we got to move on with life. You mean freedom? What? Don't be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you and I both, we, we're cut from the same cloth, I think, when it comes to uh, uh, politics. So we'll just yeah. leave that at that. Yes, freedom. Well, and people, yeah, people are going to do what they want to do, which is totally fine. Like, if you feel more comfortable in a mask, by all means, if that is what makes you feel good to come, then come. You know, we're going to continue to have extra hand sanitizer stations out. We're going to continue to, you know, clean as much and as often as humanly possible and to do all the things to make it a safe environment, right? So absolutely, absolutely. One of the topics I really wanted to touch on um, is a little more about sponsorships. Most of the folks we've had on have been the actual fair managers. And so they kind of gave us the, you know, 10,000 foot view of what happened. Since you do handle that side of the, of the fair, I wanted to get a little more specific with that. Um, obviously sponsorships are a critical source of revenue for our fairs all across the country. And it's been suggested that that could pose a challenge for 21 and, and moving forward Many businesses may be looking to reduce expenses. Other businesses that used to support the events may even be out of business now. 
-hmm. What are you seeing there in Waco when you're talking to uh, your community businesses about sponsorships? Uh, I will say for the most part, overall, it's feeling pretty positive so far. So most of our major like top 20 sponsors that hung in with us last year um, are still with us this year. You know, we've had a few, like I have one in particular that they're a sponsor and they're reliant on hotel tax dollars. Well, obviously they're going to be reduced this year because they were getting those hotel tax dollars last year. Um, so there's a few instances like that. And, you know, we've talked to some, we're getting ready to put on a big music fest in a couple of weeks. And so in talking to some um, spirits, they have been more reserved. And so like while our May event, they're like, we're not quite ready. We're just getting getting started and moving again on sponsorships, come back to me for the October event. Like I think we'll be fully ready to be involved at something come October. So I think that, um, I think it's gonna be a slightly slower role where I maybe have already had more contracts signed and locked in at this point. It's probably gonna be a little bit of a later, faster push for me as I get closer to the event. But um, there, you know, I, I think for the most part, People love this. And again, just like we've been ready to like have events and people have been ready to get out and be at events, like these businesses have also kind of been on hold. So where those that weren't devastated financially from this, um, and we've been blessed in this area that I think, while I know there have definitely been some, um, a lot of our supporters, I think, have been in industries or areas where they're still going stronger, have maintained. Like, they're ready to get their name out again and be part of things again because of sitting on, you know, everybody's been sitting on hold for so long. Um, So I'm very, I'm cautiously hopeful for this year. You know, last year we took about a $450,000 hit in sponsorships lost because of COVID. Um, But a lot of that had to do with, yes, some of them, you know, had large vendor spaces and without having the full fare rodeo, it makes sense for them. Some of them did company parties with us. And again, because of rules and regulations they had set as a company and still practicing social distancing, and all the other, th- and the fact that we weren't having like the full fare, it just didn't make sense for them to come out and look at, I mean, sit in the food truck area. I mean, what, there was not a value there for them and it really didn't make for a good company party. So a lot of it were, were a lot of the losses, I think were things in the fact that we couldn't fulfill our end based on being modified. So where we could save dollars or where we could keep sponsors and flip them to our livestock show where that's normally not where their dollars went, you know, we did that. We got as creative as we could to retain as much as we could. So I, and I was very grateful to all of the dollars that were retained and all of the sponsors that were able to hang in there with us. Yeah. I was going to ask, are you, are you, are you kind of keeping the same sponsors or are you finding creative ways to kind of keep people involved, even if it's at a reduced level of sponsorship? So last year, it was absolutely trying to keep them involved, you know, to to an extent of what we could and where we could place them. Um, I'll sell you, you know, I'll sell anything to anybody if it's sellable. <laughs> <laughs> Snowball to an Eskimo, let's go. I am not, you know, I mean, like, let's get creative. Like, I really want to find somebody that will sponsor putting like those target stickers in the urinals. I think that's great targeted advertising. Right. I mean, like you've got a captive audience for the whatever. No no pun intended. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) if you're like a golf course, maybe we do a little putting green, you know, to the hole or whatever. Like there's so many 
ways you can have fun. So just to give you an idea of my brain and how it works, right? There's no sponsorship I won't create. If you want to do it, you could dream it. We'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, but so now we're out there chasing those dollars again and um, re-signing the ones that weren't able to be with us last year. We're working on that list. And, you know, there's a few that probably aren't going to come back, but I think the majority are. And, you know, we're looking for new ways to link in new sponsors. So we're sounds hard. Like, sounds like you're trying to be as creative as possible to make sure things work. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I can tell you as an entertainer hearing you say this and having been at the convention and you and I talked about it before the show, um, I think the message to entertainers is quit talking to Sharva about going to the heart of Texas fair, because if you talk to Sharva, she's going to charge you to come to the heart of Texas fair. That's right. You know, Dustin, he can, he can get the approval to pay you, but I'm going to find a way to get money from you. So you <laughs> don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Sharva's not the person guys. That's it. Podcast <laughs> over. It's not her. I mean, if you just want to drink a margarita or have fun and chat about life, I am your person. Well, let's do that. Let's, yes. let's if you're wanting a contract, a go see Dustin Sufal. <laughs> yes. And, and his phone number is, and his home address yeah. is. Can you put it on the screen? Can you? <laughs> no, actually, I can't because yours is one of the fairs I would love to, to work with at some point. So I'm not going to do that to Dustin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's, we'll just keep sweet talking him. I'll find out like his weakness. He loves Snickers bars, right? Like he has a big box of them in his office. Just FYI, you know, if Game you want over. Game Better over right there. Just he's, <laughs> now I'm going to have to edit this because he's going to hear this. And when a whole box of Snickers shows up from Amazon with a note that says, you know, not going anywhere but, for a while, bring conjure to your fair. I will know. say I, I did hear him reference like your big games, you know, so that may have some appeal with him. You know, you just got to keep charging. You can eventually crack that nut. I promise. You know, what's, what's funny to me is the number of performers I talk to that are like, Oh, I had this great conversation with, you know, with Waco or Dallas or Oklahoma State Fair or whoever it is. And then they didn't book me. And I'm like, yeah, but you established a foundation and a relationship with them. So I, I really I'll be over there at Waco at some point this year, next year, 10 years from now. It will happen. That's right. That's right. You guys are going to I would say you guys are going to have a fair next year. But after last year, who knows I mean, it's, people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, we are planning for a full fair and rodeo. Can we I have to? percent there is absolutely nothing that's going to deter us no because Heck yeah is. we would have predicted last year right but i know that with all of our hearts we want to have a full fair and rodeo and we are doing everything within our power to make sure that happens absolutely and i was actually just about to ask you know looking ahead at 2021 it's all of our hopes and prayers that we all get to open and have a full fair some of some fairs are going to end up being modified at some level um but you know Florida seems to be rocking and rolling. Y'all are in October. That's still a ways from now. And Texas seems to be making its way open. Do you mm -hmm. guys have an, an idea in mind? I can't remember if I asked Dustin this of kind of what a hard date for a decision is for 21. Well, right now we're, we're charging full fare. Um, it's usually about two to three months when our financial commitments kick in. Right. And we, we want to respect your, you, the entertainment industry, those that we book contracts with and that we require services from, be it the stock contractors or whatever for the rodeo. Um, so we obviously want to be respectful of your time and your talents and your calendar as well. So I think it's a, it's in that 
two to three month time period where those commitments kind of kick in that we've got to be able to say yes or no. And if we say yes, you know, then we've got financial commitments on the line. So it's really all about, especially after last year, managing the money, right? Right. And because of that, we really want to go full fair. We need to go full fair. <laughs> um, financially, it makes such a, di- I mean, it's our biggest fundraiser, if you will. It makes such a difference to our bottom line. Um, I mean, we had to let four people go last year when yep. we realized we weren't going to be able to go. So, and I'm, I know we're not the only ones with that story, but. And that's yeah. a rough story so because say, this is not, this is not an industry where you're just an accountant in the cubicle down the hall. Like these are friends and family. These are people that work very closely with us. You know, we know them, we know their kids. We know when their kids are graduating. We know when a daughter had a baby, we know all the stuff about our people. And then so many fairs had to say, had to let people go. And that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Well, and for you, like in the industry, like it's really hurt my heart to be like, like we got to get going. Cause there's, you know, when you think about the vendors and you think about the entertainers and all that kind of stuff, like their livelihood depends on us going. Right. Yep. So. Yeah. The- that's why on our side, you know, entertainment, we've talked about, you know, what is, what's the pricing structure going to look like? Do we need to, you know, to make sure fair stay healthy and financially viable? Do we need to take a little bit of hit on the, you know, reduce the price a little bit? Or do we just say, nope, this is our price? Or do we raise prices? There's people, there are entertainers all across the board on that answer. Um, and I just look at it as it's kind of a, you know, what the price is going to be as a, as a case by case basis. You know, I can't reduce my price and go 22 hours or, you know, and then go to Pennsylvania and drive all the way across the country. But mm-hmm. if there's a route, if there's something that works, you know, my issue is what do we have to do to keep the fares healthy? That's mm-hmm. the, that's where I'm coming from on any booking I'm doing. What do we do to make sure the fares stay healthy, financially viable so that come 22, 23, 24, we're all back at it. That's what right. I focus on. And for me with sponsorships, that's like a big part of what I'm thinking about. Like, okay, what do I need to, I don't want to go out and price gouge and I don't want to be, you know, like where's that sweet spot with what I can ask that like helps us generate income and cover our costs and make a little money, but also is a, is a value and a benefit to the company. Because if you don't, if the company isn't getting a value and a benefit, unless they're just they just do it totally out of the feel good, which we have some, and I'm so grateful for them. A lot of them want to know what's my exposure. Like they they want to know numbers. They're looking at how their branding is happening and what's the return on investment. And so I got to make sure that I'm creating opportunities that are going to create a good feel for them and a return on investment for them so that they continue to come back as a sponsor so that we stay healthy and viable and can book the entertainment we want. Sounds like you really um, are very um, careful with your approach and very, and very deliberate with making sure that you're providing a lot of value for your, your partnerships in your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit tricky sometimes, especially when it's just a, like a branding or exposure kind of aspect, but yes, I mean, that's really important to me just because the retention is really important to me. I don't want to have a hundred sponsors and lose 50, right? I want to have a hundred sponsors. You always know there's some attrition, right? So I seven, but then I can go out and gain 20. I'm always on the growth pattern there. And that's really ideally where we want to be. It's got to be real, a real challenge for you to handle that in the middle of this, because you're the one making the phone call, trying to get money out of people when these businesses for some of them have just been clobbered in the last year. So Mm -hmm. it seems like it's a real delicate dance, what you have to do. 
It is. And if I know it's a business that's been clobbered, there's a good chance I may sit them out another year. Right. You know, or I may reach out to them just to say hi and see how they're doing and just check in with them as a basis. Um, And if they tell me things have been really bad, then I'm probably not going to make an ask. I'm just going to let them know that I'm here. And if they need anything or end up wanting to do anything to reach out, we'll figure it out. And that I'll just just keep that communication line going. Um, That may not be super businessy of me, but I (laughs) the art side of me cannot take money from people that I know don't have it to give. Well, I don't, I think that is, that's a great way to do business because you don't want these people that have been, have supported you for years. And now when they're in their time of need, you're like, um, Hey, you did a $5,000 sponsorship last package last year. Are you doing it again? You know, you don't want to feel like you're just the one with your hand out waiting for money. You know, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're doing what you can to support them. And, and when it's time, they can jump back in the ring with you guys. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, just, I think kindness and empathy go a real long way in this market that we're in right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. So, well, let's switch it up here real quick. Um, y'all in Texas, you just had some unseasonably warm weather from what I understand back in February. What were you guys getting <laughs> down to like 10 below? I mean, it was ridiculous what the temperatures were when you froze up there. I know. I think there were some, I think there was a day where it was like zero or like one degree, which is in a hundred years for us. So great. We got it out of the way. We have another hundred years to go before it happens again. But um, yeah, I mean, I was very blessed in the sense that at my house, we never lost power or water. Um, A lot of people that did, I saw a lot of people on Facebook sitting in the dark and, and freezing. And I was like, come let me serve you pancakes and let me give you some coffee. And people are stubborn. Texans are proud and stubborn. I know that's, the shocker, huh? I was like, I started to get personally offended. I was like, I'm offering you a warm place to go. And I am a good cook. And they were like, nope, we're going to stick it out. But like, I think then it became a contest of who could go how long without a shower. I wasn't into winning that. So I was grateful. Yeah, you're all, I forfeit. Yeah, I'm like, mm, I'm out. But, Vote you know. me off the island. I'm done with this one. Yeah, it's it, apparently the, you guys are still feeling the effects of that. And I didn't realize until I drove back through from Florida on my way back home. Um, I, there's always a night that I end up in Texas somewhere on the way back home because from South Mississippi, where I make the jump from, it's like 19 and a half hours. So I usually get out to, if I go up across 20, I get west of Dallas someplace. It might be Weatherford, Abilene, Sweetwater, somewhere up there. Yeah. So I'm looking for hotel rooms and I'm calling and calling and calling. And I'm like, Sweetwater, nothing. Abilene, nothing. Everybody. Really? So I finally get in. So here's what I found out. I get into Weatherford. I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to cut it short. I'll stop in Weatherford. I go into the, the La Quinta there. Um, indicates online that they have rooms. And so I thought, well, I could try to book this from the parking lot. Online, or I can just walk in. So I walk in and I say, asked about a room. And she said, we have no availability. And I asked her about that. I said, what's, I said, everywhere I'm going. I said, this is not like I'm going through Waco and it's Baylor football on a Saturday night in, in Mm -hmm. the fall. Like this is just, it's just April. Like what's going on. And she said that their hotel alone was down 22 rooms due to burst pipes. And she Mm -hmm. said that statewide, I think the number she said statewide, the hotel capacity is down like 27% statewide. I didn't even think about that. Because of damage from the storm. I went, yeah. oh, 
And so I was glad it was, um, you know, moderately warm out because I parked in their parking lot and I fell asleep in the back of the truck and they were none the wiser. So thank you <laughs> for the free night in your parking lot. <laughs> I mean, you do what you got to do. I'm not going to keep driving two or three more hours to try and find myself a hotel room. I was tired. So yeah, well, come through Waco. You always have a place in Waco. Here's the problem. And while I appreciate that, Waco is way the hell and gone. Oh, it's not on I the way. Go, it's <laughs> not on the way at all. You guys, how are you guys with um with oil 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 revenue? Do you guys work with the um any of the oil companies out there? Because I mean, you're west kind of West Texas. Do you have sponsorships partnerships? It's a- actually, it's funny you ask that. So actually, the sponsor of our One Hot Rodeo is AIP Energy. Okay. And we are just very fortunate in the sense that she has made West her home, and um, is a huge rodeo fan. And so we were able to tap into that and, and bring her on board, bring AIP, the company on board as a sponsor. So um, anyway, so that's actually, yeah, we have one. And then we have seven stores, but I think that's different. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just know we've got when, uh, when the new president decided he was going to put a freeze on all these, you know. Uncle Joe. Leases. When all those federal leases on for drilling had a freeze on them, all of a sudden, New Mexico, even our blue governor was like, time out. <laughs> I may be blue, I saw but, I, but I'm an oil-based state. So can we rethink this, please? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I wonder what the, you know, what the oil industry, because I know for a lot of fairs, the oil industry does get involved. You get the energy sector involved in supporting those types mm-hmm. of events. And it's just one more piece of the puzzle that we got to figure out moving forward. I know. Well, look, I see her post. So her being the woman that owns AIP Energy, um, she posts on Facebook a lot. Like she keeps track of like what the price is, that the barrel, whatever. So um, it seems to be for the most part staying 60 or above. So it hasn't nosedived yet. Thank goodness. Yeah. We don't really, and I don't know that it will nosedive. I think ultimately that price is going to skyrocket because I mean, our price at the pump in, well, his, then in the first they can 30, be bigger sponsors right maybe but that problem is it's going to kill all of us at the pump i want to say in the first 60 days uh after he took the oath of office the prices in new mexico went from like 205 to 240 to 260 it just right up it yeah went. we're we're hovering around 249 now yeah well yeah. you know it's just it's politics but hey it's we not california it. you want to talk about paying for some gas like it's like four bucks a gallon out there so yeah. Yeah, it, and I I have to factor that in because I do OC fair every year, and I love that fair. They they do an OC is much more. I've always says much more like working at a theme park than working at a county fair because they just when you have that kind of money that they've got, it's just amazing what they they create. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I got to factor that into my budget that I'm not spending two twenty a gallon. I'm spending like three ninety five a gallon. So that mm-hmm. changes the uh, changes things. Uh, mm-hmm. listen, we're just about out of time. I really enjoyed having you on the show today. It's wonderful to chat with you before we go. Everyone who goes on my show goes through a little series of speed round questions. Okay. So I'm going to, why does everybody respond the same way? They kind of get this, this look of, of fear temporarily on their face. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? No, it's just, I, like, I, I don't really thrive at these things, which is kind of odd. Like my brain freezes, but we'll give it a shot. Well, then we'll, we won't call it a speed round. We're going to call it the final, the final six questions. Okay. (laughs) It's not a speed round anymore. (laughs) All right. Question number one, Sharva, are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite fair food? I'm sorry, say that again. What's your favorite fair food? 
Uh, oh, I got to go with McKinney Corn Dogs. If they're I open the music, go ahead. They're third generation and they've like perfected it. I love a good McKinney Corn Dog. McKinney Corn Dogs is where it's at. If I open your music app on your phone right now, which artist would be playing? Um, Marin Morris and Ryan Hurd, that song. Okay. The Chasing After You, I think is like the latest song I just downloaded. You can have a guest role on any television show, past or present. Which show would it be? Ooh, that's a good one. Good one right there. So Mindy. Um, let's see. Currently, I am going to go with, um, oh my gosh, now I can't remember. So it's the latest like little mini golf competition one where they have, do you know what I'm talking about? Sorry, the what basketball player is behind it. See, this is where my brain there's a, there's a basketball player doing mini golf on TV. Yes. It's like two seasons. It's so amazing. It's like extreme mini golf, right? So they bring people on like two people compete and whatever you make it all the way to the end. Oh my goodness. Why can't I remember what it's called? I'm going to figure it out and I'll send it to you, but that no, I'm going to do it right now. Extreme. I'm typing it in extreme mini golf. And TV the basketball show. player is such a good guy. Like you can't say that about all the basketball players. It's, um, the sport is uh holy moly is that it yes that's it holy moly <laughs> it's Whoa, so okay. to watch it i just see it just popped up on google it's called holy moly extreme mini golf series premiered on abc uh summer of 19 so that you'd want to be on really holy moly yes that or wipeout right like one of those fun shows where i can just make a complete idiot out of myself and have fun and make some money sounds amazing <laughs> You can do that on the Fair Game podcast, though, too. I can win money? No. Oh, God. <laughs> this is just that I'm going for here. Robert. Just gone off the rails. Absolutely <laughs> off the rails. Uh, let's get back on track here. Okay. What, what fair would you most like to attend that you have not had a chance to attend yet? Uh, well, it's not a fair. I really want to go to the Pendleton Rodeo. That's one that I really... That one or Calvary, because I hear... Calvary, Calgary, Calgary. I was like, it's a religious, <laughs> You're like, it's a religious rodeo. Calgary. Um, I hear such great things about them and they have such a longstanding tradition and I would really love to see that. Next question. Do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, um, I, that's the face I'll be using on the, uh, on the still frame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta go with my number one and that is Josh Dumal. Okay. That's your number one. And, and does your hubby know? Um, probably, but he doesn't like anybody that I do. Like if I like them, then he thinks they're really stupid and makes fun of them. So sounds like you guys I have like a Gerard great... Butler. I used to have a crush on him. He called him stroke face. So we'll see. He gets a little <laughs> better. <laughs> oh my God. Last question. And this, you'll know that I was actually doing a little background on you and was looking through the, uh, the Facebook profile. Okay. What is your favorite line? From coming to America. Oh, see, waiter, taste the soup. Sir, uh -huh. wrong with the soup? Just taste the soup. We can go on. Where's the spoon? Uh -huh. <laughs> what do you know from funny, you bastard? Yes, <laughs> that actually, my best friend from college. Um, I went to school out in Portales. Uh, you probably know where about that is. It's just on the New Mexico side from Lubbock. Mm -hmm. Little Division Two school. My best friend, he and I, that is the movie we can quote in our sleep. His ringtone when he calls me is, what do you know from funny, you bastard? 
That's you know, how I know get, Kevin's calling me because coming to America comes on. You just can't go wrong with Eddie Murphy, right? Okay, so like, not that I'm a proponent, children do not watch this, but if you go back and watch like Eddie Murphy Raw, like his old, like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like, I love it when he's talking about his dad being drunk. Rule number one, Lillian cannot go outside. I don't care. Burn up, Lillian. I want to ask the fire trucks how they got here. You better open up the window and yell your head off, Lillian. You cannot go outside. And then he wearing etch a sketch at the you know at the bus stop you know right foot red left foot blue they've been kicking out eddie you know <laughs> he, you know what's crazy yeah. about our the world we live in now he could not get away with and nobody could get away with that stuff today oh no and it's, mel, it's mel just, brooks could never have a career today with the movies he made so funny though i love good stuff like, you know boomerang where the the dad was like you got to coordinate you got the mushroom <laughs> belt and the jacket <laughs> such good stuff did you see coming Amer- or coming to america too that they did that on amazon that it's out on no i did not you haven't seen it Mm-mm. you Is should it good? see it it's good i mean it's not it's not the original and there's points where it feels a little forced like they tried too hard but it's just kind of kind of cool to see them everybody back together for one more little round of coming to oh america. so it's all the same people oh yeah Oh, oh yeah. okay. Then I'm yeah. in. I'll go have to go find it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's on Amazon. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. So it's okay. like it don't don't go into it expecting to laugh the way you did in the first one, because the first one is just so incredible. This one feels like a little forced sometimes, but if you love the first movie, you'll probably enjoy this one. Okay. Oh well then yes, I will have to go watch it. There you go. And you got a weekend coming up where you can do that. Sharva, uh, real quick, where can folks learn more about the Heart of Texas Fair? Um, it's super easy, although I'm updating it right now, so don't go like this very moment, <laughs> but hotfair.com. Hotfair.com. You Sharva, might still bump into last year's information, but oh, it, well, you know it's what? in the process of being updated. I'm just so disappointed in you, Sharva. Like this, come on, you had a whole year to update. What did you well, do? I don't always have all the details right away, right? Like... <laughs> We well, have, I don't know what the acts are going to be. We hadn't decided on what the rodeo nights were going to be until just recently. Have so, you guys decided on all of your grounds I, you entertainment know? yet? Is, the, is all the grounds entertainment? I decided? know. You got to talk to Dustin. <laughs> I know. If I talk to you, I'm going to have to write a check, not re- not sign a check. <laughs> you have to oh. sell some of those baseballs back there. <laughs> I, I do have a few. I collect them everywhere I go. That's awesome. So I love those, it. These are from stadiums all over the place. These are from like historical sites like uh, Yellowstone and President's Homes and things like that. Do you have any special signed ones? Um, yes. This one is from Jimmy Morris, who's not far from you. He was okay. Disney's The Rookie. Do you remember that movie? Yes. He, yeah, he came and spoke with that. I got it signed at, at the Texas um, convention, what, like five or six years ago when he was the keynote? Okay. You don't remember that? No, when I that's been that there. is so awesome that our federation spends so much money to bring keynotes in, and you don't remember Sharva. Thank uh, well, you. you know, I might remember if I knew what. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the Do you remember the movie though? Disney's The Rookie. I do. It's a great movie, and it had um. I can see the actor, and I can't think of his name. Dennis Quaid. Yes, thank you. I was gonna say he's a Texan, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's great guy. It was a great. He was on the podcast. I had him as a special guest on the show, and. uh Met him out there, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have a special guest on the show. And so that's my one that's kind of – that's signed. But my favorite one is that one. 
I will show you this one. And being a mom, you will love this. Okay. I got to be careful with this one. Do you see what's on that? It's a, oh, oh, it's a footprint. It's your baby. Yep. Oh, we that. inked him. So this is Nate's baseball. It's got his stats from when he was born and his footprint. And, you know, like they would, you know, the hospital would give you like the little card with the hand stamp or whatever on it. Well, I was mm -hmm. like, I'm putting it on a baseball and it has been. Uh, that's so cute. Yeah. What so a great that's, idea. That's my that's my favorite one in the collection. As it should be. As I it should be. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'll end up keep collecting. I think I was going to stop in Houston on the way back through this time and the weather was absolute garbage. So I was like, I still have, I got the one from uh, Arlington, but I don't have the one from Houston yet. Hmm. I need to go get that one. You got to have those goals. The goals everywhere I go. TAFE that, well, no, we don't really, we're not really happening during baseball season. So that's right. Not Every whenever I drive through when I'm on the road and I go through a town there or I'm nearby, um, I will go hit hit up the stadium and go grab a baseball. And one of these days I'll get to all of them. I don't anybody at home listening right now, they're driving across kind of I've got entertainers I know right now that are listening to this going, Why am I still listening to this podcast? I know. Talking about freaking <laughs> baseball. They were ending. <laughs> we are ending. That's officially it. <laughs> Sharva Ingram. That's fair game. Number 300, Sharva Ingram, vice president of marketing and sponsorship for the Heart of Texas Fair in Waco, Texas. Really enjoyed catching up with you today, Sharva. Thanks so much for your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.